Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Dub. What's the good word, fam? Man, I'm cool over here, man. Fred's still trying to stay warm. I know, man. I know. I uh, I just actually got back into town from covering that Illini game. The roads down the Champagne were a little slick out there. A-Dub, there was a lot of cars I saw going in that ditch. I said, man, I felt so bad for some of them people. But I was like, but they probably were speeding, A-Dub. They was probably speeding. Yeah, I bet they were, man. Because I'll tell you one thing. I went out there for about a minute and drove one mile, Chris. It took me down to 20 minutes. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Mm-mm. But see, this this is the problem that I have with people when you got bad driving conditions. I never understand it. I'm very much a defensive driver at this age of my life. I'm just not playing these games. I see people, they, they'll fly past you. They throw snow in your car. I'm like, I got an SUV, all-wheel drive. I'm still out here cruising. I'm like, I ain't tripping. So when I see stuff like that with the people getting them cars in the ditch like that, they dub, I'm like, man, y'all need to slow down and take it easy out here. Man, I said those folks must ain't been hit it hard enough, man, when it comes down to the insurance. Because <laughs> they should know better after that. Yeah, you know what, though? Some people don't even care. And, and this is the thing. The insurance ain't even the worst part. I'm like, when you see pe- somebody's car flipped upside down in the ditch, I'm like, man, you lucky that you walked away from that shit, bro. For real, man. Real talk, man. Talk about that. Injuries and things like that come out of that, man. They got to take care of their life a little bit better than that, man. So, yeah. But audience. Because you guys asked for it and you guys enjoyed A-Dubs and, A-Dub and I's impromptu talk on the power book force, we said, you know what? We had a couple people that commented on how they liked that. So, audience, what we're going to do for y'all going forward is we're going to do recaps of power book force every damn week now. So, because you guys asked for it, we're the Chicago, State of, we're the Chicago State of Mind here. Tommy Egan's got a Chicago State of Mind. A-Dub, what say you? Episode three, talk to him. Man, looks like Tommy Egan's trying to do business with two sides, Perez, with Diamond Group, man, and with Walter Flynn Group, man. He's trying to set up shop, bro, get paid and everything else, man. So I'm telling you, man, that episode got real interesting, man, and started to cook up some beef, too, man, between the two brothers. 
Yeah, and that was the part that kind of got my interest because now, because you already saw when when Tommy came in the picture, you already yeah. knew. I'm like, yeah, Diamond and his brother, they they ain't gonna be rocking with each other much longer. No, man, you saw that fight they got into a man for the top dog spot, <laughs> and Diamond hey, handled that business. What he do? What he tell me? He said, "Hey, ain't no turning back from this point." I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I was like, "Man, it's about to go down, right?" <laughs> yes, sir, dude. But what about Tommy, man? Teaming up with old girl with the slash across her face, man, because he was he was going over there to kill Shorty, and then he saw that she had that work, and he was like, "Well, shit, let's go get this money." <laughs> hey, look, I thought Tommy was a smart man when he came there. He said, "Hey, look, it's a time to get paid right here. My brother needs some money. Let me go handle this business here." Yes, sir. He's like, listen, I ain't cutting a while. So he watched her cutting that shit up, and I'm looking at her, and I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, now I know Tommy be messing with Gloria, but I'm like, hey, Dub, you think Tommy gonna try to do something with old girl? Hey, look, I think Tommy was thinking about it. She just told us she don't like white boys. <laughs> yeah, but when I saw her walking around like that, I'm like, what you doing, Shorty? What you doing? <laughs> I guess that's how they chop it up, friends, right? That's how they chop the work up. Man, shit, I was like, she over here talking about some. she about to cut. I'm like, shit, I'm about to cut something else over here. What you talking about, shorty? What you talking about? <laughs> hey, man, you saw how she looked when she walked by. I was like, whoa, I ain't know all that now. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, me, see, all these men, they do. We saw the same damn thing. Because I'm looking over here like, Tommy, what is you doing right now? What is you doing? Right. For real, man. <laughs> Put that work to the side right now, man. <laughs> But one thing that I did not like, because I did like the fact that what Tommy was trying to do was he was trying to help everybody make money. He was trying to bring that right. North Side and the Flins with Diamond and CBI together to make the money. And the Flins, they over here on this old petty beef. And what they do, they insult my man Diamond. Diamond was like, fuck that shit, I'm out. Yeah, man, that was a dirty part right there, man. Because you know Walter Flynn, man, he had arrogant ass, man. And he was like, he was talking <laughs> to him like, you know, I ain't talking to the guy, man. Like, he don't care. Like, look, I don't got to do business with you kind of a thing. So I kind of salute Diamond. Like, look, I was trying to put petty stuff to the side. But apparently you don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, look, the Flynn's daughter, though, don't sleep on her because she got that little designer drug. She about to tear it up. She about to tear up Chicago with that shit. Oh, yeah, man. Like, she owns some some major business type stuff, man. And also, too, Tommy hit old boy's girl again. But I will tell you this, man. I give old boy some credit, man, because uh, what's his name? Vic? Vic, be Vic yeah, play, Vic. Yeah, he, he be kind of playing it cool because I don't know how I'd be if I see my girl just out here just in the streets with you like that and I can't say nothing about it. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I wonder if he gonna try to stab Tommy in the back or something, man. You know, because he can't he's just too cool right now, Prince. He, he knows what's cool going on. About it. He way too cool about it. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll be thinking to myself, like, you know what? It's gonna be a time when I'm gonna get you, homie. I'm gonna handle this right now and be cool with you, but hey, it's your time coming. <laughs> but I, I I will say this though. Um uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Tommy all up in his girl's soup. But you know what the main problem is? <laughs> the the main the, the main problem is that Vic can't be with her because his family won't approve. That's what his main issue is. But he needs to be his own man. That's his problem. Man, his pops got him in check, bro. You can see how pops be checking him. Like, nah, we ain't going to change nothing. You're going to do things the way I want you to do it. But this, this pops on his mind, Prince. Well, see, his pops is like that with the daughter, too. But you see the daughter now, she's like got her own ideas. And I like how she moved. You saw how she worked oh, with that yeah. alderman. You saw how she worked with that alderman. She wasn't playing no games with him. Man, she worked him, did she, bro? <laughs> I was like, did she put the alderman in check, bro? 
<laughs> Told him I ain't coming here to have no damn dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, could not never look at times. He's like, man, she ain't playing. Like, look, man, she got you, bro. She got yeah. you. She slick as what did you want? Yep, she threw that damn envelope at him and told him to keep it moving. Hey, but guess what he did, Perez? He picked that envelope and put it in his pocket, didn't he? Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> now, so he now, knew better. Now you remember in episode two when when the black dude strolled up in Diamond's barbershop, and I was kind of wondering who the hell is this dude? Because I thought maybe he was like a street dude, a street hustler. But now we see dude is the dirty ass cop out there. So I'm like, oh man. So his character, I'm I'm keeping my eye on him. Yeah, man. Once I was trying to see what his angle is, you know what I'm saying? Because you're right, he came in the shop hollering that diamond, right? Yep. But you see him now with Vic, right? Maybe he's talking to Vic. So I'm like, dude, what you want? What's your angle, man? What's your motive here? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep our eye on, audience, because what's up with that cop? But also, too, I'd be really interested to see what Tommy is up with getting set up here because it's a lot of alliances that are being made in this series right now and i'll tell you i can't wait to sunday to see how it all unfolds y'all yeah man i'm really interested in seeing you know uh what tommy gonna do when it comes down to diamond brothers i'm quite sure that's gonna probably gonna be a situation press i wonder yeah. what's gonna happen between him and the plans you know what i'm saying so tommy between two sides bro where is he gonna stand at Shit, I like how Tommy and Flint dude told him to get up out of Chicago. Tommy was just like, no, nah, I don't listen so well. He's he like, shit, not only am I not leaving, but I'm about to make this deal and make you broker a deal with somebody that you don't even want to work with. So Tommy, boy, he already coming in right now showing you he ain't worried. He he built for it, and he's about that life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Tommy working outside the box on these guys. Like, look, I don't play by y'all rules. I play by my own rules. Mm-hmm. But you, you brought up JP, Tommy's brother, earlier. Now, that's a character right there. He got a lot of goddamn problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does, man. This dude, how much money say he wanted for us? He, need, he needs $200,000. Dang, dude, you got major problems, for real, like you said. And I'm just talking about he got an estranged son. He got a, a husband that'll talk to him. He got all this <laughs> damn debt. He getting his bar shot up. Like, he got all kind of shit going on. Hey man, I want to. I'm still want to know why he got his boss shut up. Really, like, really know what the hell happened? Who, who did it? You know what I'm saying? Because we haven't that, identified I, that. I think that has something to do with his estranged son, personally. Think so? Okay, that yeah. could be an option there, man. Because mm-hmm. from what I gather, from reason, reason why he got his shit shot up is because he owed some money. <laughs> yeah, the dude broke right now, man. And then mm-hmm. the thing is, with him owing money, press, why he gonna want to try to refuse money from um from um. Uh, Tommy Egan, Tommy trying to give you some money. He was trying to refuse it. Well, that's his pride. No, I'm good. I don't need it. Yes, you do. You better take that shit. <laughs> but really, it ain't like Tommy had you on some jump change at that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was, and I just remembered, if you go back to episode two, JP's estranged son is that dude D-Mac. D-Mac was the one that worked for Jannard. And so Jannard was the one that was responsible for shooting up the club. So that's what I'm saying now. I'm thinking like there's all many, there's so many angles to this damn story right now. And I'm like, boy, it's all intertwined too. Man, this storyline can go many different directions, Prez. Like, mm-hmm. wow, they can get very you know what? I'm gonna be tuning in just like you are, of course, watching that next episode. I'm gonna see what angle they go at next. You know what I'm saying? What are they gonna tackle? Yes, sir. But I, I can't wait to see it because it like it's like you said. You got the Liliana and the Tommy thing. We don't know what's going to happen there. 
but I feel like they right. probably could work pretty well together. Tommy working with uh with uh with Flynn's daughter. What's her name? Claudia. I, I think she, Claudia, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's a she a bad motherfucker. She don't play no games, right? But then you right. don't know what's gonna happen with Vic. Maybe Vic gets smart enough and he realizes, no, nah, my dad and what he's trying to do, I need to go here and mess with Tommy and them and get on this designer drug thing. So my thing is, ain't no telling what's gonna happen, but we know episode four gonna have a ton of fireworks. For real, man. And the other thing you were talking about too, man, those two brothers, what they gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Diamond already, he already told his brother what he was on. And that's the thing. They had two different visions. And it's just interesting because Diamond spent 15 years in prison. His mindset will change. Yep. He don't see the world the same way. His brother out here on some other shit. And so I knew that wasn't going to work. Yeah, because brother's got to look too cocky too, man. How you going to get cocky your ass got kidnapped? I don't get that, but okay. <laughs> see, A-Dub, now you see you talking that real right there. Because I'm like, you the one got kidnapped. <laughs> your brother had to get you out of trouble, man. You know what I'm saying? And here you are, want to battle your brother. And then at the end of the episode, he's talking about, oh, half going to go with my brother, the half going to go with me, and everybody's going to realize they're going to come my way. Man, dude, you need to chill, uh, Jay. <laughs> chill, man. Yeah, he he feels he felt some kind of way in that moment. But audience, we're going to get into the episode, but I hope you guys enjoy our power little recaps that we're going to be doing here on the show. Listen, we can't have the power silly that we can't have the power series in chicago and us not talk about it i know you guys come here to listen to us talk about sports but we're gonna mix in a little bit of this type of shit when we can so here we go all right a-dub mlb lockout looks like spring training is gonna be delayed i think we're gonna probably have a shortened season with the way this shit's going i know that they had some talks that are resumed but it don't look like anything promising is coming out of this well, Prince, they say that if a deal not made by Monday, things going to get delayed, right? So many they're going to miss games and people are not going to get paid. So this is getting tough and more interesting as we go along, man. I just don't see a deal getting made by, by Monday, the 28th of February. So this is the thing. I know at least they've had some proposals that have been on the table. And as right? I brought up on the show before, the Players' Union, one of the things for them that they're just sick and tired of how these teams are manipulating service time. So it looks like the players union kind of put together a modified proposal around that. But I'm also hearing that the MLB side is saying that they've run out of ideas. So I don't know what's going on, but i tell you one thing, you got fans that are getting, they're getting stuck in the middle of this. And I don't want to be one of these people that are sitting here saying both sides are wrong because they're both rich and they're fighting over money. I get how business works. So I'm not going to sit here and blame either side. I just hope that they get it together because I remember how much the strike season affected me as a kid when I watched baseball back in the day. And I would just hate to see that happen for kids out here now that are learning the sport. And also, I mean, kids out here now that are enjoying the sport, but also, damn it, for me and you too, A-Dub, shit, baseball's a great sport. Yeah, it's a great sport, man. As I told us before, Perez, I'd be looking forward to that, man. What people be doing in the training camp and pumping me up, man, for the season. So now you're telling me we got to wait because you guys can't get it right, man. The fans always lose in this kind of process, Perez. That's what we both are saying. And and I would just say this from reports, and a lot of times you got to take this stuff with a grain of salt, audience, but the reports are that the two sides have been very contentious, contentious with each other, which that doesn't bode well because – if they can't even come to the table and be cordial, 
how the hell you think they're going to strike a deal? So I don't know. I would just say, audience, brace yourselves here for a little bit of a delay because I just don't see this thing ending anytime soon. Man, all I can tell you this, Prez, it's kind of sad, man. Sad, bro. We've seen this movie before. Hopefully they get it figured out. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm just not liking the pace of things happening right here. And like you said, they did put that self-imposed deadline out there. We'll see what happens, though. Yeah, we'll see, man. All right. Let's segue over to our University of Illinois content. So, audience, this is the last time we spoke to you guys. The Illini have played a couple games. The first one we're going to start talking about here is the game against Michigan State. That was a road victory by the Illini. A-Dub, what say you? Man, Prez, that was a nice victory there, man. The first half I thought we was going to just run through these guys because your boy Grandison got off on fire, man. Two hit about, what, five threes, man? Yes, sir. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But yes, sir. then, second half, we let those guys back in him, and then we had to go down to the wire with them somewhat to the wire where Trent Frazier had to hit a big bucket, man, to seal the deal. So I'm glad we got the win, but we kind of made it tougher on ourselves, you know? Well, I will say this. Tyson Walker was a story of the day for Michigan State in that ball game. Woo. That motherfucker went off in the second half. It was crazy. 24 of his 26 was in the second half. It didn't matter who they put on him. He was cooking them. When Tyson Walker had that one move where Kofi jumped out at him and he hit him with that delay and got to the bucket, I said, oh, Tyson Walker in his bag today. Boy, he in his bag right now. <laughs> hey, man, he took over that second half. I said, man, can anybody shut this kid down, man? You know what's crazy? He only averaged like seven points a game, Press. Right. He just turned it up that game. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, when you talk about getting hot, he got hot from deep. Like you said, got to the bucket too. He just in it, man. He was in his zone. But see, that's the thing, man. That's why I tell people, don't just be looking at stats, man, because, hey, anybody at any given time can go off. I mean, think about Jacob Grandison. He's been in a shooting slump for weeks. And look what he did in that ball game. And if Jacob Grandison didn't have that hot street, uh, that hot shooting, we might not have pulled off that victory because Jacob, that shit came at the right time, man. Yeah, we need every bucket, bro. Every yes. point. I mean, even I've even seen Grenison going to the cup. I said, dude, you know me just shooting threes. Here you are driving everything else. So you're having a good night, man. Yes, sir. And this is the thing. It's not like he didn't get any help because Kofi had 27 for the game. And Kofi was doing his normal Kofi shit, just like tearing it up, being a menace in the paint. But like I said, we needed everything that Grenison was bringing to the table. And like you said, shout out to Trent Frazier. I continue to say it, and I will keep saying it. This guy's one of the most in. You can't replace the most unreplaceable guy on this team. You can't replace what he brings to the table because all Trent Frazier does is impact winning, bro. Yes, he does, Frazier. I mean, the knowledge, the no one to do we need to do. Like, no one we need to bucket, I'll go and try to get the job done, man. He put it on his shoulders. So I am a huge fan of Trent Frazier, man. Salute to that guy. And he's not even that. The, he gets the tough assignment because he has to, most most nights, has to defend the, the go-to score for the opposing team. Jeff Rage is 6-1, maybe 6-2 if you're being generous. All the guy does is go out there and he shuts people down. In this ball game to, again today, you saw what he did to Christie. He has given Christie so many problems in his young career already. I'll tell you, Max Christie's going to be a fucking hell of a player. But right now, he did a lesson going up against Trent Frazier defensively in the Big Ten. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he's talking about learning on the job, getting, getting fast-paced learning. Oh, yeah, that's the way to get it done right there, going against a guy who's an elite defender like Trent Frazier. 
Yep. But I'm telling you, Christie's going to be a hell of a player. He was a hell of a player here in Illinois. He didn't even look at the Illini. The Illini gave him some nice little treatment when he came here <laughs> a, few, a few weeks ago. But at the end of the day, it was a great win against Michigan State. One that had me really fired up because I said, okay, first place, we keep everything. Good road, good road win. I love seeing Jacob Grandison get out of that shooting slump. Because what we what were we talking about a few weeks ago? I mean, the, the last episode, they dub. I talked about it might be time for uh, Brad to change up that lineup. You know what Brad told me? He's yeah. like, shut your ass up. We keeping that lineup the same way. <laughs> <laughs> we, he's like, we ain't changing up. Well, I probably could do a better job and maybe sub, bring some guys in sooner. But I ain't touched that lineup. <laughs> no, he didn't. But what? keep thing to, to talk about before we get into talking about the Ohio State game from yesterday, which was a fucking barn burner. But uh, the big thing that I want to talk to the audience about here is the value of a Kofi Coburn on your team. Because when Walker started going off for Michigan State, they had the crowd going behind them. But who was the silencer? Kofi. They got the ball down to him in the paint. He scored, sealed the deal, shut that crowd up. Yeah, he actually had a pretty good second half, Fred, no doubt. And the thing about him, though, he took his time, you know, was patient, used his powers, and used some of his skills to get his buckets. And I say, man, that's what I'm talking about. Because sometimes, you know, he go too power, he get too power heavy, and then he may lose the ball or something like that. But when he get his skill going, Fred, and playing to his skill set, he does a very good job. But you're right, man. He turned it up and said, look, I got this. Come to me, fellas. I'm going to take us home. Yep, he took him home, and then your boy Trent Frazier, like you said earlier, finished him off with that three-point dagger. And that's that's what you come to expect from a Trent Frazier. That's, like I said, he impacts winning. There's nothing else to say about him. But on to Ohio State. So I was there covering that game live. A-Dub, that game right there, I will tell you, I've been to a lot of loud arenas. That arena was so loud that after that game, when I was sitting down in the, in the, in the media area, my ears were still ringing a little bit. That crowd was oh. insane. Insane. That's Big Ten basketball at its finest, what I witnessed. Great game. Now, I know a lot of people will talk about the officiating and in the moment. I criticized the officiating. I went on Twitter and I talked shit about the officiating. You already saw what Brad Underwood felt about the officiating. He got thrown out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that coming. Yep. Well, you, 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 A-Dub, when he got the first one, you knew it was only a matter of time, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm with you, Perez. Yep. Yeah, so like like I said, it was only a matter of time before he was going to get teed up again because I even noticed, too, when I was sitting there in between timeouts, I had my binoculars, so I was kind of – I wanted to see what was going on over there on the bench because my audience, if you guys you know want to know, our media spot – is in the 100 level, so it's not behind the scoring table. So I had to use my binoculars. I was looking over there. But what I saw was Brad was intense on the bench. He was going after Kofi a lot. <laughs> he was trying to get Kofi to wake up. But I will say this. In this matchup, Kofi did not have a good game. Kofi did not look like player of the year. Now, I know some people will sit here and say, well, Kofi gets fouled a lot. And there's a, there's a uh, double standard with how Kofi is defended versus allowing him to defend because you saw Kofi got fouled out. He fouled out in the ball game. However, though, Kofi right. missed a lot of fucking layups in that game. I counted him. It was nine layups that he missed. Can't miss nine layups, bro. No, you can't miss nine layups, Prince. Nor can you play without having patience, too. 
I know I talked about that, but when he didn't have patience, he was getting shot blocked from behind. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. don't you see EJ coming? You see him coming. You know the guy's coming to double team. He's been doing it all pretty much all the whole game. game. Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, you didn't make any adjustments. So that's the first one of the few times I've seen where Kofi did not make adjustment, Prez. And speaking of EJ Liddell, he had himself his own flu game because coming into this matchup, he was questionable to even play with flu symptoms. And a lot of you guys will probably recognize the EJ Liddell. He's an Illinois kid. Did not come to Illinois, obviously. And the Orange Crush, they were lighting EJ up. Every chance he touched the ball with chance of EJ sucks. The Ohio State coach <laughs> and the presser after the game, A-Dub, he called out the Illini fans. He said that he thought it was disgusting and it was uncalled for. I just kind of looked at it where I thought it was unnecessary, but I'm like, well, this part for the course. That's what happens <laughs> in ball games. That's what these student sections do. They're college kids, you know? Yeah, but, they're college kids. You're right. But I thought this a dub. I thought it was unnecessary to do that to the best player. Well, one of the best players on that team because all that did was just rile them up. Yeah, that's true too. Now, if a guy can play through it, prayers, <laughs> salute to him. But I didn't think too much of it because I'm like, this guy's a good player. If he a bomb, we ain't saying nothing. If he a bomb, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to see the fans really cheer negatively for a bomb player. The guy's pretty good. So, you know, it been nice for him being with the line But, you know, he's a good guy. He's got good game. So they booed him, right? Yeah, but it was just more. I think what it was, it was they, they were salty because he didn't come here. They did the same thing to Christie right. from Michigan State when we played them. See, Illini Nation, they have a long memory when it comes to this sort of thing. But, however, when it came to Liddell, it backfired because he had a great game. And those, those he had four blocks. So you talked about those blocks. Those four blocks he had in the game, I thought, were game-changing plays. And that is right there when you have a player that plays like that. I mean, what can you do? It wasn't just the scoring. It was also the things that he was doing helps out on Kofi. Yeah, Perez, this dude playing both sides of the ball very efficiently. And you're right, man. He just knew. He had Kofi's timing down, Perez. Yeah, he it was did. like, you come, I know exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> now, so he timed those blocks very well. Yeah, he really did. He really did. But now, looking at this game, Alfonso Plummer, this man – tied a school record, eight three-pointers in this ball game, And when the way that he came out hitting those threes, I said, oh, he going he gonna to have himself a night. He had 26 for the game. However, A-Dub, it wasn't enough because when you had Kofi having a night that he had a down night, I thought Trent Frazier, I thought he was so sore in the ball game. But to me, you didn't have anyone else outside of Plummer to really kind of help out, at least from my, my two cents. Yeah, you needed somebody else. You need another guy because Ohio State had three guys coming at us, right? So you need another guy to help out. And I thought, you know, Kofi would have gotten it together, Perez, but he just couldn't get it, man. He just couldn't get the rhythm. And it just showed through the rest of the night. And just like you said, man, Plum was left hanging. The only guy who actually was out there doing his thing, man, at a very high level. Yeah, now, and the one thing that I will say this, one of the reasons that, that Kofi's rhythm was off is because the foul trouble. And that's something that you can't – what can you do about that? If he's sitting on the bench for half the damn game, of course his numbers are going to be impacted. But I also thought that Ohio State did a really good job of game planning against Kofi. They played him physically. Yeah. Because you know every team, A-Dub, their, their goal is to take Kofi out of the game. Ohio State did that shit. They were just as physical with him as he is with other people. <laughs> right. I called a good game plan, man. I said, man, I, I got to tip my off to the coach. He put a good game plan in place. 
they found a way, man, to slow Kofi down. That's something that every team just can't do. So it's a very rare thing to happen, but it is what it is. Yep. Well, listen, we're no longer in first place in the Big Ten. We don't control our own destiny. We got three games left, Michigan, Penn State, Iowa. Big games. We got to win out, but we need some help. We'll see what happens. But before we go to the next segment here, A-Dub, I was talking about how, how um, EJ Liddell did his thing. And I said how he was one of the most impactful players on the floor. But I thought the best player on the court yesterday was Malachi Branham. That motherfucker right there looks like a first-round draft pick waiting to happen in the 2022 draft. Perez, you did not lie on that. The dude was under control, Perez. He was consistent, making yep. shots all over the place. And I said, man, can anybody stop this dude? Because no. he's just out there having fun, Perez, making this look too easy. Too damn easy. Too damn easy. Like I said, he was the best player on that court. And I, and I will say this. He's a top 30 prospect easily with what I saw in that game. And I've been watching him a lot this season. I said, I don't think there's any way that he comes back to school. Because you get a kid like that balling the way that he's balling, he gets to one of them combines and one of them camps, his stock's only going to keep rising. He played a really good game. Yeah, he did play a very good game, Perez. You know how some of these guys look as well. The prospects, they look at their height too. This dude about 6'5", Perez. I mean, he got juice. So you're right, man. That also played a part. A lot of teams probably going to look for a guard like that. But the one thing I would say, I'm noticing that he's just starting to turn up his game a little bit. So it's been about the last week or so. He's starting to put up these type of points, and I'm like, oh, shit. See, he getting hot at the right time. And that's what happens because you'll see prospects. They start turning up their game at the right time when it gets close to March. Them scouts and everybody, they start to pay attention to you then. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. man, this guy leading into the tourney, he was hot. Or if he has a good tourney, you know. So, <laughs> so just keep your eyes right. out. Keep your eyes out for Brandon Martins. Keep your eyes out because not only is he a good-ass scorer, but I'll tell you one thing, man. He allows EJ Liddell to pick his spots. They're a nice one-two tandem. They're a very nice one-two tandem. But anyway, back to Illinois before we get to the next segment. Coleman Hawkins. Got to give him some props, A-Dub, because Coleman Hawkins admitted in the press conference last night that he admitted in the press conference on Thursday that he was kind of disenchanted with his role. And he admitted that him and Brad had a one-on-one conversation. And Brad just kind of talked to him and said, look, what is it? What do you want out of this situation here? And Coleman said that he told Brad, I want to be great. I want to do that here. So Coleman, they said, started to come to practice earlier, getting up shots. He got into the gym a little bit more, started lifting a little bit more. And now when you see a game like he had against Thursday, it happens at a really good time. Because I even asked Brad, A-Dub, I said, how important is it to you to have a guy of Coleman Hawkins' ability started to kind of show you these type of signs heading into March. And Brad was like, hey, this is very important because he said, last year I didn't do a good enough job of coaching this team and getting them prepared for the tournament. He said, I was focused on us winning the Big Ten tournament. Then when we got to the NCAA tournament, I didn't have us prepared. And so he said, this is going to be a different team and he's going to be a different approach. And he said, having a guy like Coleman starting to turn things around is going to be great. So I thought that was a really good quote from Brad. And I just love 
seeing Coleman Hawkins admitting that, hey, he had some struggles, A-Dub, but he was able to work his way through it, and the guy didn't quit on his team. Man, you hit it right on the head, Frizz. I like what Coach said about him. I like the fact that he didn't quit on the team, man, because I'll tell you, these last couple of games, Frizz, I've been happy to see him play because he's been playing hard, offensively and defensively, man. You see the blocks he's been getting, the hustle plays. I said, man, this dude started to turn things around, Perez. So I'm happy for him, man. And the most important thing for me is his defensive effort. This guy started to play some ball, getting some rebounds, some putbacks. He put it all together, man. So that, I guess that talk with him and Coach, working out very well, Perez. Yep, and I really love what I saw from him on Thursday. And this is one thing that I want to say to the audience. There may come a situation here in March that you may see Coleman Hawkins taking some of Omar, Omar Payne's minutes backing up Kofi. Because if you look at that game on Thursday, they attempted to put Omar Payne out there. Omar Payne was not efficient in his minutes. He immediately got hooked out of the game, and they brought in Coleman. Coleman made the most of his opportunity. Don't be surprised if you see Coleman getting a lot of minutes at the five. Hey, look, I'm not mad about that. That seems to be a position that he's comfortable with, Prez. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He's got the talent. He's got the talent. But let's get into some Windy, Windy City Bulls talk. So I covered this game live this week, A-Dub. The Windy City Bulls, they played the Grand Rapids Gold. And in this ball, and in this ball game, audience, NBA veteran Isaiah Thomas was uh, on. He was on the on the uh, the G League team for the Grand Rapids Gold. And the last time you guys probably heard that, that Isaiah Thomas was in the G League for a game, he scored over forty. Well, guess what he did? He scored over forty again on on the Windy City Bulls. That man was getting to his spots anytime he wanted to a dub. It was just a thing of beauty. But what I like most about that is Devon Dotson was ready for that challenge because Devon Dotson and Isaiah Thomas had an epic battle there in the fourth quarter. They were matching buckets. They were going at each other. And I loved it. I even saw a couple times there where Isaiah Thomas was talking some shit to Devon Dotson. And I said, hey, Devon, he showed me something in that matchup because he scored 34 in that game and we came out with that victory. Hey, Doug. hey that's what's up right there, man. That matchup, IT, Dotson. I like what you're going when we talk about Dotson, man. Because he looked like he had a pep in his step the entire game. Because, you know, we yep. didn't start off well that, that game. We were like, we were losing, like, that 13, 15 0, something like that. And Dotson just said, hell with this. It's time to turn up, man. It's time to play some ball. <laughs> and he actually rolled through all the way through to the end, man. Then that fourth quarter, like you talk about, man, that epic battle. I was looking at those two guys. I said, wow. Isaiah Thomas and Dotson, both of them are impressive in this fourth quarter, man. And I'm glad he put up that win, but I was impressed with Dotson. Like, you know what? This guy gets it. He realized what kind of guy was coming to the gym today. Isaiah Thomas, I got to match that. Even though he won the battle as far as the scoring-wise, but he's like, look, I cannot let this guy shoot me out, man. I probably won't hear the end of it from these guys in the locker room. Yeah, but the one thing, and what we always talk about on the show, we talk about sometimes the quarters that the Winnie City Bulls team, they don't play a full, complete game. So in this ball game. Grand Rapids, they opened the, the game on a 15-0 run. I looked at the scoreboard. I'm like, damn, we really haven't scored yet? It was crazy. Right. <laughs> but what happened was the second quarter of the game, when Scotty Lindsay came in the game, and I tell you, man, I keep, ta- I keep telling everybody about Scotty Lindsay. Y'all better stop sleeping on this man. This man is a shooter, bro. And what he did, he scored 14 points in that second quarter. He was hot. And Grand Rapids could do nothing with him. Man. You and I talked about him before, Fred, for sure. The shot, man. The dude got a torch, man. He can light that boy from distance. And when he get hot, man, he gets hot. But I also like the fact that he's also putting the ball on the floor, Perez, getting to the bucket, too. Yep. I said, he mixing it up like that, man. 
this dude, man, is showing us something else, man, if he can do that part. So salute to him, man, coming in the game off the bench, you know, and doing his thing. Now, and one of the bigger things about this game is just seeing how Grand Rapids caught fire again midway through the third quarter. But what Windy City did in this game that they don't normally do in those third quarters is they were able to weather the, they were able to weather the storm. They were able to hang in there with them. And I thought that that was really cool. And like I said, it set the stage for that fourth quarter when IT and, and Dotson were going back and forth. It was a really good game to see. Education day here uh, locally. So it was a really good crowd. They got treated to a really good game. Isaiah was even dapping it up with kids on the sideline. I'll tell you, he hit this one shot, man, in, in the face of Dotson. And he came down the court and he said, I do this shit. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That sound like Isaiah Thomas, man. That dude told stuff no matter where he at, man. But you know what? I love it, Prince. Because you know me, I always say, man, trash talk is part of the game, man. As long as you can back it up. But you know another thing that I, I like when guys can humble themselves. It still wants to get back to the NBA. He's probably going to get picked up by some one of these contender teams down the stretch. He wants to be back in the league. He's humbling himself to play in the G League so he can get some exposure, so one of these teams can see what he's doing. So I really think it's a right. great job that he's doing to get he's leveraging that G League to get back to the NBA. Lance Stevenson did that. I think the G League is becoming a very good um platform for these former NBA guys to get back on the map. Absolutely, Perez. You're starting to see some good things happen out of that. I hope IT can get back to that, you know, NBA level, man. Because that'd be a good story, you ask me. I know he played for the Lakers a little bit, you know one of those 10 days or whatever, but it'd be good to see him get back, man, because you remember when he had that injury, what happened to him, man, with the Celtics, that was just tough. So that's the guy you pull for anyway. Yep, and then they traded his ass about it, too. I never, I will never respect the way that they treated IT. I thought he deserved better than that. But anyway, I'm not going to get all into that audience, but Windy City Bulls, they got a, a, a good weekend slate coming up, 26 and 27. We got the main Celtics coming into the now arena. So audience, Tickets are available. Make sure you check it out. Oh, that's what's up. That should be a good game, too. A good, a good, good games. Yeah, we got two of them. But yeah, but definitely should be a good matchup. On to our Chicago Bulls. So, audience, as you guys saw, All-Star Weekend took place. A-Dub and I talked about Io and the Rising Stars games, how he got frozen out of the ball game. But listen, Zach and Damar, A-Dub, played in the big game on Sunday. How do you think our boys looked out there, bro? Man, I thought our boys looked good, Press. you know? Uh, one thing I will say that I really liked about that game, man, was that looking at Zach Levine play defense on Curry, bro. You know, Curry's trying to break the record, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. At that time in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, got real intense, Perez. And I saw Zach, I said, man, Zach taking it serious, man. He out there sticking defense, getting good points in crunch time. Then you have the other side, you got our boy DeMar doing the same thing. I said, I'm loving this, man. It's the fact that two Bulls players are making an impact on the All-Star game, man, at that point in the game. So I loved it. Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of Curry, I don't want to get too often to talking about other people, but that three that he hit, man, and he turned his back and, and he held up the three symbol, I said, good Lord, this motherfucker is so good. He's so good. <laughs> yeah, man, that dude can shoot the lights out that ball, man. And he made it look so easy. I said, man, you got to be kidding me. Now kids, watch this. going to start doing it in the gym now. Yeah, <laughs> they already doing it. He had, he got them kids thinking that they could uh... – <laughs> he got the kids thinking they could, shoot, they could just shoot just inside the half court line because you know how Steph was just pulling up from any damn where. 
Right, right. Yes, he was, man. And the thing is, that's the that's what happens. People copycat things you do, man. That's when you a transcender, right? You change the game, man. This guy changed the game a lot, Chris. No, he really did. But I want I want to get back to our boys that was at the All Star game. So, and this is something that we put up on our TikTok when we talked about how this has been a tale of two All Star weekends for Zach Levine. So, audience, if you guys remember All Star weekend in Chicago, where Zach Levine was representing the, the Bulls. He was on the first take set, and the fans started letting off those fire guard packs chants. And, you know, Stephen A. and Molly had to tell the fans to relax and don't do all that. That was a stark contrast <laughs> right. in that moment, A-Dub, to the moment that you have now when you got Zach Levine in the media day, and he's like, I think me and DeMar DeRozan are the best duo in the NBA. Look at our record. He starts rattling off all these things, and he was talking that good talk. I think back to that moment when he was in Chicago at the All-Star game, and he was over there pretty much saying, well, it just depends on who these guys bring in here. And, you know, it's not like we're L.A. You know, they got to be ready for the weather and they got to be OK with the weather. And then you fast forward to A.K. and Mark Eversley bringing in my boy, DeMar, the MVP, DeRozan, bringing, bringing Lonzo Ball up in this piece, bringing, Adam, bringing uh, Alex Caruso up in this bitch, drafted Io DeSumo. Come on, A-Dub. Come on, A-Dub. How about this squad, bro? And like I said on the last episode, we're not even 100% healthy yet. And they went and brought us Tristan Thompson. All this, I told y'all we was getting Tristan Thompson. I love this. Chris, you called that Tristan Thompson move. I was going to give you hell about the guy from Sacramento, but I totally get your point. We nah, talk about Tristan Thompson. Nah. <laughs> you like, no, nah, we can't <laughs> We get Thompson. Nope. Nope. <laughs> And I get you. And you know what? We got the right guy though, Perez. You know what I'm saying? Because he's everything that Vooch isn't. This guy going to hustle hard. He's going to get Vooch. Vooch is Vooch, right? It's player personnel. But you know you're going what you're going to get in Tristan Thompson. A guy that's going to play physical. A guy that's going to get rebounds, Perez. A guy that's going to play hard. You love that about Tristan Thompson. And also, you and I talked about, man, this guy's won a chip before. So this is a bet. We needed one of those guys. We need to get bigger and tougher. And to the point you were making about Vooch, yeah, Vooch's game isn't built on the things that Tristan Thompson does well. So also, too, right. one of the things that I heard from Zach at All-Star Weekend is he talked about the fact that Vooch has done a phenomenal job with being asked to play in a role that he's never had in his career. So I think a lot of fans, they kind of go at Vooch a little bit, but they don't realize Vooch has sacrificed a lot to make room for DeMar, right, obviously. And also to make room yep. for Zach to do what Zach needs to do. So I just want to make sure that our audience realizes that Vooch is being asked to do something that he hasn't really done in his career. But to your point about Tristan Thompson, game one against game one, Tristan Thompson in the Bulls uniform against the Atlanta Hawks and the energy that he brought, he talked about it in the post-game rap or the post-game oppressor. He said that that crowd sounded like a playoff crowd. And I was at the U of I game last night, and I was hearing that crowd. I was like, shit, I can't wait to me and Ada pull up to the UC to see what's cracking. Because we haven't even been there this so far this season, honest. Because we've been, we've been traveling all over the goddamn world. <laughs> we ain't even had a chance to go to a game yet. <laughs> right, man. I can't wait to pull up with you too, friends. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this team, man. And the way that you said how that crowd was, friends, it was something serious, baby. Something serious. And if DeMar DeRozan isn't the MVP of the NBA this season, then something's wrong. And any writer that does not vote for him to be MVP, they need to take their their right to vote away from them 
because this guy, look at his numbers. Just look at his numbers. Audience, I just want you guys to Google DeMar DeRozan points scored last 10 games. That's all I want you to do. And don't, and don't tell me that those numbers don't deserve major recognition. Those numbers deserve for him to be spoken about a lot more, A-Dub, than he's talked about. Oh, yeah, man. He should be talked about a hell of a lot, Chris. And he earned it. It's not like anything was given to him. This guy's played this way all season. He just elevated to a whole other level, even these last, what, 10 games like you were talking about, Perez. But he's been playing like MVP all season. All so season. DeMar deserves a lot more credit than what he's given, man. You talked about it all the time, Perez, about what this team has gone through throughout the season. And DeMar's been that one consistent guy who just cashed in for us, Perez. And he cashed in again, right? It's like this guy in the crunch time, to me, has been the best player right now in this season, you ask me. So I love what this guy's doing, Perez. And he's shooting at a high level. I mean, this guy's shooting over 50% from the field, Perez. Yep. You talk about those points. This, this is not just value shooting, right? This guy is cashing in. He's yep. consistent. He's efficient. So you got to give the Rose his props. Forget anybody else, man. Look at the numbers. Numbers don't lie, but also that eye test don't lie either. The eye test don't, don't lie. He don't lie. DeMar DeRose's revenge tour against the NBA continues. Because these people doubted this man, called him the worst offseason acquisition. I'm not going to ever stop talking about that because I talked about that in the very beginnings of the Chicago State of Mind. And I want to remind the yep. audience that people said that he was the worst offseason son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be laughing at those folks, man. Like, really? Hey, how you feel about it now? <laughs> Clowns. <laughs> people do anything for cloud i'm like get the fuck out of here now when they signed them and i saw the money and i will admit this i was like "Ooh, that's a lot of money now i'm looking at that shit i'm like shit that was a bargain <laughs> <laughs> right what's a bargain now man let's do any candidate man for sure I, I think he's the front runner you and i believe so man we got our money's worth from this and think about this a dub after the game they asked nate mcmillan <laughs> What happened in the final minute of play in this ball game? And Nate McMillan was like too much DeMar DeRozan. I laughed my ass off when I heard that shit. Because that's what he been doing to people all season. Giving them buckets. Right. Giving them buckets from that mid-range press. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. That mid-range shot he made, man. That last bucket press. And he got fade and he got fouled. I said, wow. Bro, I yeah, was yeah, that, amazed. I said, oh, he been yeah. doing it all season. But that, still, air one, that air one was nice. That's real nice. That's real nice. This is what he. This is what he's been doing though. He's been making these big buckets over and over, man. It's like, dude, how well can you play, man? <laughs> how well can you play? And he keep elevating, man. I'm like, I'm just amazed by him. So salute to Demar Derozan, man. I'm glad we got him, Perez. There's no excuse for me. I told people before that hey, the guy is still in his prime. He's only 32 years old. I seen a lot of guys do great at 32, but his skill set, man, at that age is still unbelievable. Yep. Now we did. Faced the Hawks without DeAndre Hunter. They had no John Collins. I really like John Collins. Very athletic forward. But their front their front um, court gave us some problems there. Uh, Bogdan and also Gallinari, they went off. However, yeah, your boy Trey Young, he was a little off. And I think Ayo had a little bit of something to do with that. What you mean? Just a little bit. He had a lot of bit to do with that. <laughs> hey, man. Let me tell you something, Perez. Let me tell you how, how good that Io was defending him. You know who took the last shot for Atlanta Hawks? It wasn't even Trey Young. No, he didn't want that smoke. 
<laughs> no, he didn't, man. He knew, hey, look, you've been struggling all night. And part of the reason you've been struggling all night because they're rookie. Their rookie got your number, man. He got your number. And you know, they were talking to Trey Young about the game, and he was pointing to his legs and saying that he was well, he wants to focus on his legs and getting his legs from underneath because he talked about how often he fell in the game. And I said, Yeah, when I looked at the game, because I had to rewatch that shit when I got back to my hotel room yesterday. And I said, Yeah, no, you didn't look like you had your legs under you at all. But you also had number 12 that was harassing the shit out of your ass. Yeah, making some excuses, man. I ain't trying to have these guys no excuses, man. <laughs> they go to harassment, friends. That was what it was. Because all you was getting, you try to get buckets, you was getting them off the screen. You weren't getting it one-on-one against Io. No. You were struggling. No. He was definitely getting them off the screen. But no, when it was one-on-one, he was getting locked down. That man only had 14 points. Only 14 points. If you can hold Trey Young to 14 points, that's damn good. Oh, you're doing something right. You're definitely doing something right. But A-Dub. John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies are coming to town on Saturday. That's going to be must-see TV. Can't wait. Everybody get your popcorn ready there because we talking about MVPs. That's DeMar DeRozan and John Morant. Them, them guys got to be one-two, man. One-two. Man, Perez, I'm excited for this because you're right. One and two, man. John Morant, man. Ball in, baby. And our boy, of course, and ball in two. That's going to be a hell of a matchup, man, because they play well. We do, too. That's going to be a nice matchup. So I'm, looking, I'm all on that, man. I'm on that one. I can't wait. I can't wait. Now, audience, for the Chicago Bears this week, we are going to just tease you guys about what we're going to do upcoming content-wise for the Bears. So go next week's episode, when it comes to Chicago Bears, we are going to do a free agency preview episode. Well, uh, we're going to do a free agency, um, free, agency, uh, free agency content period. And so we're going to break down all of the Bears' targets, in our opinion. So we have a lot of positions here on this team that Ryan Poles and company are going to be looking to refill A-Dub. So what we're going to do is we're going to give the audience a nice primer heading to free agency. So audience, next week, be on the lookout for our free agency edition uh, content, what we're going to do during the Bears segment. But I do want to make sure before we get out of here, A-Dub, I wanted to make sure that we graded the Chicago Skies free agency. Now, the Ali Quigley and Courtney Vanderstood are back in the fold. All right, brother, what you got? I gotta give us the A, Prez. Woo! We back. We back in championship contention now, baby. We back, Prez. I feel good, man. We got the couple back, man. We gonna do our thing. So, of course, you know where we had Kenneth Parker back, but man, I like what we have done. So, we in good shape. Got our core together, man. Let's run it back. Hey, I got. I gotta agree with you. I give it an A. They did a phenomenal job, and then look at the assistant coach that they brought in here. Experience coming to that bench. We got the core back, as A Dub mentioned. We got that experience on the bench helping out coach and GM Wade and CP3 is back in the building. She's had a phenomenal offseason audience as I talked about on the last episode. Candace Parker is about to kill everything in 2022. Kill, kill, kill. Chris, I'm pumped up already. I can't wait till the season start. Me too, man. I can't wait till we get out there and cover them. I can't wait to meet the new additions to the team. I can't wait to interview Candace Parker. There's so many of our dreams that are going to be fulfilled here in 2022. So, yeah, Candace Parker, you having a good year, but so is President A-Dub. <laughs> Absolutely. We have the good one. All right. Well, listen, A-Dub, one thing, though, that did come up this week that I wanted to get your thoughts on, and I don't even know if you even got a chance to really look into it too, that, too much, but we talked about the pay 
equality problems that happen in, in sports. When you look at men's sports versus female sports, there's such a just, it's an awful disparity. So John Quill Jones, she was the MVP of the WNBA last season. And she basically went to Twitter and she called it out. She said, women's hoops endorsements are about popularity contests and politics. And I thought, that's fucked up. Because this is the MVP of the league and she's basically letting you know that they ain't paying her shit. Yeah, Prez, I thought for a second, I thought she was attacking Candace Parker and some of the other women who actually got some endorsements. But I was like, no, it's bigger than that, man. It's bigger than that. And I, I think actually so went too. And I, and I went back and looked at her, you know, of course, her IG as well, because she brought up the IG thing. Yep. <laughs> you know, so like, well, you got only got 30 some, what, 30 some K, right? So, and everybody else got what, 200 plus? I mean, that's, that's a huge difference. But still, gang recognized gang. You out there balled out. You deserve the accolades that's supposed to come your way when you ball as she did and win the MVP, man. So I do feel where she's coming from, Prez. I'm like, you know what? That is kind of sad, man. The game should speak for itself. She deserves, you know, someone to get endorsement because if you, your game's doing that well, Prez, balling to that level, you deserve it. Yeah, because in her defense, she was saying in men's basketball, you just got to be the best. She was like, in women's right. basketball, you got not only got to be the best player, but she said, you got to be best looking. You got to be marketable. You got to have the most Instagram followers. A.W., you just brought up her Instagram followers. So she, <laughs> <laughs> and she said, and she said, you got to do that just to sit at the table. So in, in that sense, I was like, damn, that is fucked up. Because that does seem like she might be kind of calling out a Skylar Diggins-Smith or a Candace Parker, just in my opinion. Maybe she, right, she right. is. Maybe she is. Mm-hmm. I thought about that too, because the other ones, they do have a bigger account than her, man. If you look at mm-hmm. Rihanna Stewart, you look at, you know, Aja Wilson, you know, they all got more people than her, man. You talk about falling. So I was like, but still, man, I, I think about the fact that if you balling, man, that should dictate how it go. But at the end of the day, man, I'm not the ones who giving out the money like that, the, the sponsorship, but I just think that it's important that people who are doing well in that sport, especially the women who've been, you know, have not gotten their fair share of things, friends. I think they all deserve it, especially those who are doing well. Yeah, because when you look at it, so for the WNBA, who's got the signature? Who's got the signature shoe? Candace Parker did early in her career. She had a signature shoe with Adidas. Brianna Stewart, she had a signature shoe with Puma. But right. a lot of those large opportunities haven't really been out there for those players. So I do like the fact that that um, that John Quill spoke up because in my in my opinion, when you got the MVP of the league speaking up, then maybe it'll make some noise and it'll help other people. So maybe it might not even help her, but maybe it'll help some other people that open up some doors, eh, Doug? I think you're right there, Prince. I just think that other women should also speak up, like the Candace Parks, and say, look, hey, Jonquil, she's right. <laughs> Jones is right. Look, we need to get more of this. So I think, too, another thing that you're going to probably start to see more of, especially when you saw how the Chicago Sky not only just won, but how, like, they captured a lot of attention during their WNBA championship run. I think you're going to see a lot more businesses, A-Dub, start to acknowledge and start to invest more in the women's sports. And so I think that these endorsement opportunities and dollars are going to be made more evenly and not just for the top two or three players. So I think it's important for her to speak out on this because she has a platform to do so. So hopefully it happens because I do think that that investment needs to be made into that sport because as you and I mentioned so many times, their sport is awesome. To see the evolution of women's basketball in this country has been phenomenal. Think about when the WNBA first formed 
to where it is now? It's it's crazy how this league is developed. Yes, it is crazy how it's developed, Perez. These ladies can flat out ball. They're the best out of college, Perez. <laughs> They're the best from across the world. I mean, they can flat out ball. And I think it's important that other companies and these big businesses continue to support it. And I'm with you, Perez. I think they are going to get behind this going forward because they see the benefit in doing so. Yes, I hope you're right. And I and I hope that I'm right in saying that as well. So we'll definitely see. You know, talk is cheap. It's just a matter yep. of people doing what they need to do. But exactly. audience, but audience, final segment time. If this city could talk, keeping it short and simple. If this city could talk, it will salute Hope Chicago. Hope Chicago is a local nonprofit organization here in Chicago that awarded full scholarship rides to numerous students from Farragut Career Academy this week. The fact that they are helping young kids, young inner city kids fulfill a dream and to have a shot of fulfilling sort of promises, they're fulfilling their promise in this world. I want to give a salute to Hoop Chicago. So if this city could talk, it would say thank you to Hoop Chicago for helping kids realize their dreams. Oh, man, that is just awesome right there, Chris. That's the kind of story we need to get behind when we see people out there doing great things for the inner city. Salute to those kids who actually got it. This city can talk. It will say salute to Mario Hoover, who was the first in his high school, Chris, at the Providence St. Mel School to get a perfect score with an ACT for 36. Mm. Man, you know how big we are when it comes down to school, Chris. You know how you and I do it, man. And when a <laughs> kid do some great things, man, we get behind that. That is a great story. I'm happy for this kid, Press. He's a junior. I look forward to seeing where this thing going to go for him going forward, man. I wish him all the best. But salute for getting a perfect score, 36 on your ACT. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And salute to that young man. And like A-Dub said, that's how me and A-Dub met. We met at college. We've been rocking ever since. And A-Dub and I have always been those type of people that, that have valued education, not only for ourselves, but for those around us. So when we hear a situation like that with a kid like that, I want to big him up just like A-Dub just did. And I want to try to find this kid and, and send him a little something because that's a major accomplishment. So salute to oh, him. We're going to find him, Chris. Yes, sir. Well, audience, thank you guys for your continued support of the Chicago State of Mind. We appreciate you guys rocking with us as we try to build this brand from being all things Chicago sports, whether it's pro sports, whether it's college sports, whether it's high school sports. We want you guys to know when you see some basketball, when you see some football, and you want to see, and you see any sort of sport being played in this state, Chicago State of Mind is there. We out. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.